Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill my words with your presence so that your people might clearly hear your words to us this morning. Well, as restrictions begin to ease, there's almost an audible buzz. Things are going back to normal. There's a spirit of eagerness, a spirit of anticipation, a spirit of bravado and pride in how well Australia has done. As much as there's all this positivity in the air, it's more than equally matched by a spirit of anxiousness, a spirit of caution, but probably the most overwhelmingly overwhelming spirit I have experienced, and I know others have as well, is a spirit of fear. Leanne and I took a quick trip to the shops last weekend and witnessed a spirit of reckless, recklessness, which certainly made us much more fearful than when we first arrived. I've heard similar experiences from others of all ages and stages recently. As much as we might want to be positive, there's that niggling spirit of fear in the back of our mind. What if there's someone in the crowd who's asymptomatic? What if we sent the kids back too early to school? What if there's a second wave? And do we have enough toilet paper if there is? The spirit of fear is powerful. It can be paralyzing and it can dominate our thoughts and actions. The spirit of fear is not of God. Pentecost is about who God is and what is of God. I don't like to give my dad credit in my sermons too often. I much prefer to use him in comical illustrations to make up for the times that he embarrassed me in his sermons when I was growing up. But my dad is a wise, discerning priest. I look at his ministry with its humble application and I know that God is and has been at work powerfully and profoundly. Those who know my dad may not know, but dad is one of those loopy, charismatic Christians. You know, those ones who actually believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and all of those gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament. Dad was part of a charismatic revival in Sydney when I was young. And I remember he'd take himself off to a weird church throughout the week. When I was a bit older, mum and dad took me and my sister to a charismatic church in Newcastle where people were falling down all over the place. And it was enough to freak me out and not to want to go back to that type of church ever again. Give me a good old conservative Anglican service where I can sing in a choir. Not long after I stepped into a leadership role in my first church in Newcastle, I was approached by a church member who believed that our church building was under a demonic curse and was insisting that I pray a particular prayer to cast out this demonic spirit in every part of the church. My first instinct was to ring my loopy charismatic dad for advice. His advice was anything but loopy. He asked me if I prayed before worship. I said, yes, of course. He asked if I prayed in the name of the Holy Spirit. I said, I think I usually do. 
The simplicity of his next words have stayed with me throughout my leadership. He said, The Holy Spirit is the most powerful force known to humanity. There is no other force, human or supernatural, that can stand against the Holy Spirit. I was pretty sure our church wasn't under a curse. Dad didn't think so either. But I am now more purposeful and deliberate when I pray in the name of the Holy Spirit. Not because I think our churches have curses, but because I know the Holy Spirit is God. God at work. There is nothing more powerful than this. I know you're in church this morning, Dad. Thanks for the advice. I don't say this enough, but you are an amazing example of a spirit-filled Jesus follower who shows others that God is at work. I also thank God that I'm now much more comfortable calling myself a spirit-filled, loopy, charismatic Christian as well. The spirit of fear is a powerful force, but it is no match for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been at work powerfully during this time of crisis. I wish I had the time to tell all of the testimonies I've heard and witnessed myself. But I do have time to give you my prayerful reflection of the Holy Spirit's work and the impact of God at work in and through the people of God. The video at the beginning of our service had the line, the church as we know it was born. Throughout the history of the church, the Holy Spirit has led countless revivals of the church throughout the world. The Holy Spirit is moving again. It's never stopped, to be fair. I believe revival is at hand. I know it's scary to hear these words, but I hope it's as exciting as it is scary. What will emerge from this time of crisis will not be exactly the church as we knew it. It will be the church in revival. And we have been given the privilege of being part of its reshaping and rebuilding. Where the spirit of fear sees crisis, the Holy Spirit says, what does this situation make possible? We are all desperate to be together, to take communion together, to sing together. One of the gifts of these challenging times is the reminder that nothing can replace seeing one another face to face, seeing God at work in and through each other. There is nothing more powerful and impactful than God at work in the life of a follower of Jesus. This week, we celebrate Pentecost, when the first believers received the gift of the Holy Spirit and began the mission of being Christ witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To be the church as we know it. It was a bold mission. 
But I want us to think about where they were and what they were doing when our reading from Acts begins. They were gathered together in one household. About 120 of them, obviously not social distanced. But they were devoting themselves to prayer, waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. Their future, like ours, was uncertain. Jesus was no longer with them in the flesh, but they waited and hoped and trusted. We can relate, can't we? We can't be with each other in the flesh like we have. We've spent the last couple of months waiting at home in uncertainty, waiting for life to return to whatever new normal is. The Holy Spirit, in the form of fire and wind, descends on the praying group of 120 disciples and pushes them out to witness to the gathered crowd. At the end of the day, 120 turns into 3,000. Yes, the first church was a mega church. Fire and wind are powerful symbols. They have the potential both for creation and destruction. The Spirit of God moves like wind over the face of the waters as God calls forth life in Genesis. God calls Moses through a bush on fire in Exodus and leads the Israelites with a pillar of fire out of slavery to the promised land. The Spirit sustains all living creatures, renewing the face of the ground in Psalm 104. And the Holy Spirit inspires men and women to see visions and to dream dreams in the book of Joel. But fire and wind can also be immensely destructive, as we in Australia know all too well. Lives and livelihoods had not yet been recovered and rebuilt following our latest devastating bushfires before COVID-19 hit. As we wait in the wreckage of what was, as we wait for the birth of what will be, we are called to see visions and to dream dreams. The Holy Spirit is prompting us to ask what needs to be burned or blown away? What needs to be renewed? In the wreckage, we have seen glimpses of hope, glimpses of a new and better way. There have been unprecedented cooperation between scientists and researchers all over the world. Healthcare and essential workers have worked tirelessly and sacrificially to save and protect people's lives. We have seen people reaching out to their neighbours in creative and caring ways. We have even seen signs of our environment being renewed with less traffic, travel, and only buying what we need. What of our old lives? Personally, and as a church community, 
what needs to be burned away, but what needs to be renewed. Like those first disciples in that household in Jerusalem, can we devote ourselves to prayer, seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit as the answers to those questions are revealed? What visions and dreams is the Holy Spirit giving to our community? I know personally, despite being busier than I ever have been, I'm coming up with ideas all the time, writing new songs and trying new things. I can only imagine what more the Holy Spirit could do if I stopped more and I prayed more. Can we start to share our dreams and visions? Can we start to share together for prayer? What's stopping us? We can even start to do it face to face in some circumstances. The church has been here before, waiting and hoping, praying and trusting. We are not alone. That same Holy Spirit who showed up in fire and wind to the first disciples calls us now to be witnesses to Rabina, Surfers Paradise, to the ends of the Gold Coast, to Brisbane, Maribara, Bundaberg, Port Stephens, Newcastle, Victoria, Western Australia, New Zealand, South Africa and the UK. Just to name a few of the places that our little church has scattered. But we are called to go to the ends of all the earth. It's still a bold mission. That same Holy Spirit who endowed the first disciples with the gift of tongues is alive and active today and will give us all the gifts we need. Yes, the spirit of fear is present, but... The Holy Spirit is with us and God is at work in and through us and there is nothing more powerful and nothing more impactful. Will you join me in the waiting, hoping, praying and trusting? Will you believe with me that the church is being reborn and revival is at hand? Come Holy Spirit, and renew the face of the earth. Renew us and rebuild your church to your glory and not to ours. Amen.